0: Welcome to church, everybody. Would you put your hands together and welcome our Bell Chase location for joining us for church today? We're so excited to have you with us. We're excited to share God's word. Most of you know that the grand opening is actually next Sunday, but we've got all of our leaders and our team there today. They're making sure that everything's going to work the way it's supposed to work. If you're new to our church environment, maybe you haven't heard about this. We adopted a church last year and we've really grafted them in as a part of our family. And Next weekend, we're becoming one church in two locations right here on Paris Avenue and then also in Belchase. And I'm really excited for what God is doing in this new journey. Just yesterday, put the sign on the building. Can we give God some praise for that? Pretty excited for that one hope, and they'll chase. I think it's going to be a fun season to see what God does, not only in our lives, but through us as we serve and care. And just want to say a big happy new year to all of you. The first Sunday is a big deal to me. And next week, because we're launching the campus next week, we will begin a brand new series together that we simply titling Big Rocks. We're going to look at how King David, uh, he drew out some smooth stones and he had them in his life. And those rocks were, gave him the ability to defeat the enemy in his life. And next uh, few weeks, we're going to be talking about how to build some things, some big rocks. Make sure that your life is in an order that God can use you and your life to make a difference. And how about we knock back the enemy just a little bit in this new year? I also want you to know that if you look in your seat back, you'll find some new cards. We have, re- why don't you grab a couple of those? We've replaced our standard worship guide with some message notes so that you can uh, write down What the pastor says today and got a little information on the back of that. It's pretty simple, but you also notice a connection card it tells you a lot about what we do. Coffee, kids, mothers, room, students, if you've got questions. But because we are beginning 21 days of prayer, I'd love for every one of you to take a look at the, the welcome home side of the connection card. There's some detailed information, but the big deal is the prayer request card for the next 21 days. We as a church are going to be praying together and asking for God to do miracles in our lives. Anybody here believe God still does miracles? Anybody, anybody? Yeah, I still believe God does, right? And and he loves when we ask him and we invite him and we petition him to do those miracles in our lives. And so if you only do one thing today, Would you make sure to fill out the prayer request card? And as you go, you drop it in one of the buckets by the doors. And every single day, both here and in Belchase, we're going to be praying over your requests and asking God to do miracles. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, if two or three of you agree touching any one thing, God will do it for you. Now, I know sometimes we prayed prayers and it didn't happen the way we thought or as quickly as we thought. Here's what I know. God's timing isn't always our timing, but when God said he will do it, come on, everybody, won't he do it, right? He will do it for us. And so take some time to let us know what you're believing God for in 2024, and we're going to ask God to do that in your life. Now, as we begin this new year, this time of the year really is, it's special for me, not just because of where we as a church But what we're doing in in launching this ministry in, in the world, that we're actually reaching out and caring for another church, but we're also growing our church. I always reflect in the new year about how we began. 21 days of prayer is what Amber, my wife, and I did as we considered whether we would launch a church in the city of New Orleans. If you haven't heard our story, both of us are born and raised here, but we started pastoring for many years in the city of Birmingham, Alabama. We were there for almost 10 years and one twenty-one 21 days of prayer in January 2013. We started feeling like God was leading us to plant a church, so maybe we would step out and do something new. Now, the church there was doing really, really well. How many of you have ever been a part of something that was really succeeding, and then you just didn't want to leave? Anybody been there? Anybody? I was, going, I was kind of like, you know, God, this is working. You know, like, uh, I'm okay. I like my office. Anybody, right? I like the people I work with. But we started feeling the sense that God was leading us to step out and to kind of take a big risk and, and believe God to do something here, the same as he was doing there. And so we went to our pastor and said, you know, Pastor Chris, would you join us in these 21 days? We're believing, we feel like God's leading us to do this, but we also feel like it could be just the bad pizza we had last night. I could be going crazy. Maybe, maybe this isn't something we should not do. And I just simply said to him, if you're, if you won't bless us and encourage us to do it, I'm not sure. I think God needs to speak to you and us. I need God. I think God needs to reveal it to you and us and Three weeks later, after we prayed, he came back and confirmed that we were crazy (laughs) and said that he thinks we ought to step out and plant a church. And he said these simple words to us. He said, you know what? I believe that God will give you a supernatural love for a city, that you'll go to a city and you'll see that city for what it could be, not for what it is. That you begin to look through what I call rose colored glasses. And I tell you, that fall, we came back Thanksgiving of 2013, and we drove around here with some of our staff that are here, and I I took them on the roundabout at Causeway and Airline, you know? And and just to have a little fun, I went a couple times around just to scare them a little bit. I want to make sure they knew what they were getting into when they decided to move here and help us to plant a church. But in 2013, that Thanksgiving, can I tell you, I began to have dreams and vision for what God could do here if we would just step out and trust him. And so we took the big risk and we moved back May 1st of 2014. Many of our staff members raised their own support like Carrie Norris and Jackie McDonald and Corey Foshi. A lot of our early staff members that are still on the team and serving in the church with us, they weren't here. They, they went and raised their own salary. Can you imagine? I'm going to leave a full-time job. I'm going to raise money. I'm going to risk everything and move to this city. Now y'all know like, I'm from here, so I knew what I was getting into. Some of them didn't know how crazy New Orleans can be, right? And so we took this big leap, and we launched the church. We had about 100 people join the launch team, and on launch day, 381 people showed up to the first service to God be the glory, right? And what they tell us as you study church planning is about half will like it And half will not like it, and so half came back the following Sunday. But I'll tell you what, all of them stayed for the donuts that we had on the launch day. A week before we launched, we sent out thousands of mailers, invitations to every mailbox in the city. And during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, we prayed over those mailers every time that when people would open their mailbox, they'd get this little, hey, we're starting a new church in the city. Here's what it's going to look like. Come check it out. That they would have just this divine moment where they would say, you know what? I'm supposed to do that. I, I need to go check this thing out. But we prayed over it, and God did some amazing things. And here we are, nine and a half years later. And you know what's happening this week on Monday? Mailers are going out all over the West Bank in Belchase to invite people to come to church. And we're praying in these 21 days in this next week that that when people hold that card, they're going to say, This is my invitation. And I thought since we're beginning a season of prayer that we would just stop right here and we'd do the very same thing that we did nine and a half years ago. Would you join me in prayer? Come on, Heavenly Father, we lift up this new opportunity that we have together in Belchase. God, we thank you that thousands of people are getting an invitation this week to show up. And God, I pray that their hearts would be drawn in. God, that they would experience your presence in a life-giving way, that they would know you're calling them to be a part of something new. God, we bless this city and the surrounding areas. And God, we ask that you would open the windows of heaven and you would pour out blessing upon our lives. God, we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. We all said amen. 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 Thank you for joining me. And please, for the next few days, if you would pray with us believe that God's going to just really uh, uh, make sure that everything goes the way it's planned because sometimes, sometimes the enemy does not like when you start something new. Y'all know that, right? I, I, I don't think the devil's real fond of anybody planting a new church. Y'all, I think, I think we need to bathe it in prayer to the best of our ability. Now, for most of my Christian life, I'm 45 years old now. I've been pastoring for 25 years. For most of my Christian life, God has led me through a revelation. God has shown me something through prayer, just a, a picture of what could be and it's always I've always followed that revelation. To show you this today, I want to help you to understand that God wants to give you a revelation about 2024. He wants you to start the new year knowing that he has something for you. He, I want you to have a revelation more than your reasoning. I want you to know that God is speaking to you. To show you this, we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 1. So grab those message notes, write down some things today. Ephesians 1 and 17 on every screen, it says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and say it with me, wisdom and revelation, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. The word enlightened is the word fotizo. It's where we, we like have a mental picture. I pray that you would have a mental picture in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. The apostle Paul says, I, I, I need you to have a revelation so that you will know him better, so that you will know hope again, so that you will know the riches of his inheritance. How many of y'all know God has an incredible inheritance prepared for us and also his incomparably great power, his incomparable power for us. Paul says, I need need you to get a revelation of this. I need you to see what God wants to do in your life. What is a revelation? Write it down with me. A revelation is simply when God gives wisdom, insight, and understanding to your life. When God gives you a revelation, it's kind of like an aha moment. The light bulb goes on. You're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was supposed to do that. Maybe it showed up in a dream. Maybe it showed up in a conversation. Maybe you were praying and reading your Bible. Maybe you were just asking for God, but there's this moment where you knew that God was actually leading you in that direction. I think this is one of the most important parts of a Christian's life that you shouldn't just do what other people are doing, you shouldn't reason your way through life, that you should actually seek for God to give you a revelation. In Acts chapter 13 and verse two, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, I love, I love those four words. Would you read it with me? The Holy Spirit said, I believe that God still speaks, especially to those who are listening That he will actually reveal himself to you. And while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They prayed over them and then they sent them out to do what God called them to do. Simple question for you today then it's it's one that I find is resonating in so many of our lives. It's like, what are we supposed to do this year? What am I supposed to change? How am I supposed to grow? What direction should we go? What should I do with my life? What on earth am I here for? Well, can I just tell you, instead of trying to reason your way through or reading the latest self-help book or going to somebody else and saying, what do you think I should do with my life? How about we pray and seek God? Amen, everybody? How about we say, God, would you reveal to me what I should do with my life? And that is why right in the middle of Mardi Gras season, some of y'all like, can't believe you're calling a fast. Listen, listen, listen. It's the first month, and regardless of how all those other things say, how they go, and what date they're on, God deserves our first and our best. Amen, everybody? And so for the next 21 days, they're going to put up on screen just the details. We've got 21 days of prayer and fasting, January 7th through 27th. There will be prayer services Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And Saturday, everybody say 9 a.m., praise God, 9 a.m., get to sleep in on Saturdays. And Sunday services, we will pray together during our normal times. For the next 21 days, we're saying, God, I need a revelation. For the next 21 days, we're saying, God, I don't want to reason my way through this new year. I want to do what you've called me to do. And there's something about setting aside time to talk to God and actually fasting some things. I'm going talk about that more in just a moment that allows you to hear from God in a special way. And so as we go into this season, I want to challenge you to try to be a part 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. If you say, Pastor, that's right when we're getting the kids ready for school and I can't get out. Well, you can live stream the prayer service. For the last nine and a half years, we pray along with thousands of other churches. And my pastor, Chris Hodges, will be leading us in prayer together. You can join us in person right here. You can live stream at home if you need. And even if something happens, you can watch it later in the day. But here's what I'm challenging you to do. Give God your first and your best. Decide that for these next 21 days that you 're going to honor God by seeking Him instead of telling God what you 're going to do, how about we present to God our lives and say, God, what should we do that 's just simply praying now when we talk about fasting, some of you kind of are intimidated about the idea, but there are four types of fast that we find described in the Bible they 're going to put all four of them on the screen for you right now. Let me take just a moment to teach you about this but if you want more detail than what I give you today, go to onehopechurch.com and click on 21 days. And there are like lots of resources and messages to teach you more about fasting. There are four ty- types of fasts in the Bible. The first is a complete fast. Jesus did it for 40 days. Praise God, we're not doing that, right? Uh, 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 Moses did it for 40 days. They They went only water. And it's kind of a, a supernatural thing. If you're considering a complete fast, I would say you ought to talk to your doctor about that if you're going to go beyond one day of just drinking water. If you're going to go two or three days or a week, which I, the most I've ever done is, is about a week or so, I would encourage you to be healthy. I would encourage you to seek God and, and just lean into like what you should do with that. That's the one extreme. How many of y'all say count me in for that? That one honest person said no, and I heard you. It's a tough one. The next is what we call a partial fast. A partial fast is where you might say, I'm not going to eat anything from sunup to sundown. I'm going to take a a particular part of time or every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm going to go 24 hours and I'm going to fast. Now, in our culture, this has been popularized as a cleanse, right? You need to cleanse some of those toxins out of your body. Do you know that God is the one who came up with this? And it does both the physical and the spiritual. Some of you do need some physical toxins out of your body. But there's some spiritual things you need to let go of. Amen, everybody? There's some things that are in there. And so I recommend mostly a partial fast or a Daniel fast, which is the third where you would say, for the 21 days, I'm going to give up choice foods. I'm going to give up the things that I would prefer. I'm going to, I'm going to lay aside all the sweets and, and maybe you're going to hold off to that king cake that would be delivered on the end of the fast. You know, I know I'm pressing some of y'all, but every once in a while you need somebody like me to come press a little bit and say, God is worthy of our first and our best. So there's a complete fast, a partial fast. There's a Daniel fast, All of these are good for your, number four, your soul. Uh, A soul fast is when you decide to give up the news for 21 days or log out of your social media for 21 days. A soul fast is like, I'm going to hit pause on all the negative relationships in my life. And I'm going to make sure that everything that comes in for the next 21 days is going to be all about God. I had one person say, I'm giving up rock and roll for 21 days. Just going to listen to worship. Had one guy tell me he's giving up weed for 21 days. I think that's something you ought to consider doing, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised that when you fast, here's what you're doing. You're saying to yourself, my body doesn't call the shots. What fasting does is it takes your body out of the driver's seat. So many of us are cravings led, hungry right now. Anybody hungry? Don't tell me right now. Don't tell me. It's the first day of the fast. All right. Don't tell me what you're eating today. Uh, We all have this process where our bodies are trying to tell us what to do. Fasting is about setting aside your cravings and and you're pushing down your, your body, telling you what to do, and you're elevating your spiritual life. And it's amazing that when you push back on your physical needs and you lean into your spiritual needs, how you hear God more clearly. Almost nine out of ten Christians, when surveyed in the United States and in the world, still say, I don't really know what my purpose is in life. Well, can I just tell you that if you will set aside your body calling the shots and lean into God for a season maybe like you've never leaned in before, that quite possibly what will happen is you'll stop hearing all the negative voices and you'll hear God's voice more clearly. Today's message is all about stirring you to lean into God, actually giving you a revelation for your life. You need to know that God is leading you to do some things. You can't live your life just doing what somebody else said or just doing what the pastor said. You need a revelation out of God's word. Amen, everybody? You need to pray and believe that God has spoken to you. Now, you say, well, how does God do that? Well, as you read your Bible, you see that he does it in many different ways. One of the coolest ways I find is that God will reveal himself through dreams. When Joseph was betrothed to Mary, the Bible says that he found out she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. And he's like, I don't want any part of this. But then the Bible says that while he was asleep, an angel came to him in a dream and the angel spoke to him that he should take Mary to be his wife. And he was, he was at peace in his heart because of the revelation that God gave him. Sometimes God speaks to you through a dream. Sometimes you'll read the Bible and the words will illuminate off the page. That's why I want to encourage you every day to read the Bible. If you say, where should I start? Go to onehopechurch.com, click on One Year Bible. You get one proverb, you get one psalm, a little bit of the New Testament, a little bit of the Old Testament, a little devotional, takes you 10 minutes, but you're giving yourself the opportunity for God to speak to you and to reveal to you what he wants you to do with your life. Some of you are like, well, pastor, this is what I want Well, if you've tried everything else and you still haven't heard from God, maybe this is one of those seasons where you say, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone. I'm getting out of the bed 6 a.m. I'm going to show up. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask. God to reveal himself to me. I'm challenging you as a church that in the next 21 days to find a new routine of seeking God, do the best you can with the time you have. And then if you can say, well, pastor, I can't make Monday through Friday. Come on Saturday, do something so that God will give you wisdom, insight, and understanding. As I was preparing for this message I was reading some of the historical accounts of moments where different historical characters had a moment where God revealed himself. And I tell you, some of the craziest things happen. Do you know that there's one point in the Old Testament that that God revealed himself to a prophet through a donkey? Y'all thought Shrek came up with the idea. But Shrek stole it from the Bible. There was actually a moment where a prophet was riding and he didn't realize that he was going in the wrong direction, Balaam. I like the old King James language, but I'm not going to use it for the kids in the room today. But he was riding on a donkey and he was trying to go and the angel stood in the way and the donkey actually was allowed to see the angel. I find this so amusing, isn't it? Some of y'all need to take the limits off of what God can do. And just simply say, if he still does miracles, and if he did it in the past, he could do it again. In Matthew chapter 16, we find this moment with Jesus and the disciples, and we're going to pick up the story together. Read along with me in Matthew 16 and verse 13, it says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you? Can you just, just for a moment, just imagine that God is asking you personally, but what about you? What about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, come on, read it with me every voice, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. Changes his name immediately. You go from Simon, son of John, I tell you, you are Peter. Come on, read it with me. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Everything that happens in our lives begins with the revelation of who Jesus is. If you want to change, if you want to grow, if you want to begin a new life in Christ, you have to see him as the son of God and the savior of the world. Amen, everybody, you've got to lift your eyes to see who he is. He wasn't just a prophet. He wasn't Jeremiah or Elijah. He is the son of God. When you get this revelation, you then say, okay, well, where do I go from here? If you're God, what am I supposed to do? Well, I'm going to give you four things today, practically, that will help you begin this journey. Write them down with me. What should you do once you reveal that Jesus is the Son of God? The first thing you should do, number one, is you should start praying for more revelation. I'm asking you in this season to begin to ask God to show you fresh revelation. That He would begin to open your eyes. That maybe while you're reading the Bible, something would illuminate to you, and you say, "Wow, well, I didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. I didn't know I was supposed to go that way." Ephesians chapter.